Hello, movers, shakers, and visionary makers. Welcome to another episode of Under One Sky. You've come here to listen and to feel how to build better communities that are more interconnected, local, and loving, putting happiness of humans and health of the planet at their core. I'm your host, Sky Sheridan, and when it comes to finding solutions with other planetary citizens, the sky is the limit. And I'm your host, Beth Solberg, and I'm here to help our communities share the joy, search our souls, and not settle for anything less than changing our world. And I'm Rachel, your co-host and resident pod priestess, here to hear humanity, lift the collective consciousness, and help our listeners find their spark. And this episode is made possible by our sponsor, Panarchy.io, the world's first network design lab, because networks are our nature. And today's episode is called The Existential Episode, To Be or Not To Be. And we are deciding to cover all of the topics in our community that we have on uh discord and also online and they cover energy renaissance emergent economics evolving consciousness disruptive innovation elevating narratives and sustainable design which are all part of existence because we are reaching the maximum threshold of information exchange connection mm-hmm. um yeah. and science of course reaching deep inside of us to the nano all the way out to the you know macro i mean we're even with james webb right we're looking now even past time and space which is warping our minds. And we even are looking into gravity. I mean, so many things are about like how our brains are structured, neurons. I mean, it's a lot about what is this existence thing and why did we become gods? And you can come discuss them with us in our Discord community or by going to our website under onesky.life where you will also see exclusive interview content from our guests. And if you like the show, why not support us by buying us a cup of coffee or checking out our merch? We've got stickers, totes, t-shirts, and mugs. Today's Illuminary guest is not a guest at all but a gathering. As we break down some of the biggest questions surrounding each of our topics in our community and within our existence. As we're talking about this topic of existence together, we're going to ask ourselves, what do we define um, an existence is for ourselves? Like, why are we existing? And and so, Rachel, why don't you um, answer this question for yourself? Like, what is existence for you? When I'm trying to define existence, I'm trying to define it out of the things that we normally touch on, right? Like functions in terms of like being a parent or doing this career or whatever. So I think that really when it all boils down, my definition of existence is to experience. It's like mm. a little literal definition of, you know, right, mm-hmm. of existing. Pulls in uh, the Pixar movie Soul, where <laughs> yeah. by the end of the movie, we discover that really it is about experience. L- life existence is just about experiencing Those it. Those right? little purpose badges or what do they have? Their soul badge? <laughs> yeah. What was it when they get sent yeah. to Earth? Is there a purpose badge or whatever? It's like, why are they even coming to Earth? And we're going to cover this on the show today. But like, what is it in Soul they have? They get their their they mentors help badge, them. Right? They have and to then they like five things and they find and their they come spark to Earth kind of with their spark, right? They find See? their spark like and that's what Rachel's our listeners find show. their spark. <laughs> yeah. I love we that. did not borrow that from Disney. Do not come at us with a, like a lawsuit. Thank you. Very Don't much. sue yeah. us. We can't no. afford it. <laughs> we don't no copyright infringement here. <laughs> We're doing this for the currency of love, baby. It uh-huh. is, our banks are not feeling it. <laughs> no, no. Can't put a price on love. Okay. You can't put a price on this show, Beth. No, you sure can't. Priceless. <laughs> so, Beth, what do you, what do you think uh, existence is? So, like you, I was trying to think of like a functional definition of it. And <clears throat> that's going to look different for everybody. I mean, there are some things that we have to do to take care of ourselves that are part of our existence. But I think for me, existence kind of has two parts in the world that we live in right now. So the first more personal part is I think that it is we exist to find happiness and joy for ourselves. And that was going to be different for everybody. And then I feel like the second part of it is that we can make the world better for some people around us, for somebody. I think that's the point. I mean, I'm not going to come here and make it worse, you know, leave things worse than I found them. I think it's important to to try to make the world better, whatever that means to you, you know? So some people are going to have a really different definition of that than I would. And same thing with happiness or joy. People are going to have a very different definition of what brings them joy, but I want them to find it. I think that's, yeah. I like that though. That's our I feel like existence then by that definition is like, it's the journey and the legacy. So it's like what it's you're both. doing while you're here. A plus. And then once you leave, like what, yeah. what'd you leave behind? Yeah. What'd you leave Cause behind? Then it, 
then your existence is infinite, really, which mm -hmm. I mean, that's another topic of conversation. Some of the information that just came out, like our idea of starts and finishes are starting to become very much more clear with like multidimensional reality, you know, the idea that parallel universes probably exist in containers. And that to me actually makes so much sense because if you go with this has as above, so below, you know, for me, that's what existence is. Existence is like a mirror of itself. So I'd say like mm. in my mind, existence is an intelligent design or a pattern or, you know, divine being that has probably split itself up into many parts, which we call fractals. And they're just all reflecting sort of the same existence, but from different levels and different perspectives, like, mm. you know, a diamond looking at itself or something like this and being able to see all its facets and parts of its facets. I mean, how so we are all part of this divine existence in your definition. Like, yeah. And that it has designers. a scale, that existence has mm -hmm. a scale, I think, for me, too. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to be both a part and a whole, just the way light is like a particle and a wave. There was a movement. Do you guys remember in high school, you learned all about, about existentialism? Mm -hmm. Or when you say you have an, uh, I'm having existential an existential crisis, crisis which is <laughs> yeah. how this gathering came about, thanks to Rachel, because um, yeah, <laughs> she was like, we should have a, an episode just, you know, unpacking some of these topics that we love. I just yeah. felt like it would be entertaining if we all just had a meltdown about our existence on an episode. <laughs> I mean, I would listen. I'm, and, and that's <laughs> and so relatable. So relatable. Right? So relatable. Right? And actually, that is kind of what I mean, you know, as we're wrapping up 2022 and we're kind of doing a ra recap of all the things that we have all experienced in this last year. I mean, it really seems like, yeah, the total failure of lots of systems and, and institutions and beliefs that we have all held which are helping us to reflect back like what mm -hmm. why are we existing and why mm -hmm. is existence so exhausting which is one of my we're gonna put that on a t-shirt get ready get ready folks that's, that's get ready merch. for more merch get more merch so it's gonna be great there t-shirt beth merch beth merch <laughs> journey legacy journey legacy. Legacy. <laughs> i love it i love it love that oh gosh um, okay, so existentialism is a form of philosophical inquiry that explores the problem of human existence and centers on the subjective experience of thinking, feeling, and acting. So they explore issues like relating to meaning, purpose, value. Um, is existence just human? This is also a question, I think, for our disruptive innovation channel, because it's all about artificial intelligence. You know, it's like, how do we treat machines um, that may be sentient? but not biological. So is, is existence only subjective to biological existence or is it in higher, con is it consciousness in a sense, right? So if you could teach a machine to become conscious or give consciousness to something, a rock or a spirit. Or I also God, think that I calls into question the idea of, or the definition of natural, like what mm. is, what is it to be natural? Cause I think that's generally what people will apply to you know existence is like in order to be a being that you have to have or you have to be naturally occurring but in you know what you're talking about with artificial intelligence and sentience being given to robots and machines and so forth at what point you know like because it won't ever meet necessarily the natural definition but once it starts to develop its own thoughts and its own reactions um i don't know that a robot or an ai can feel per se but um depending on which marvel movie you subscribe to i guess but <laughs> and you could but, you could also go down the valley that like you know it has purpose and value and meaning right? even though it may not be sentient so you know then right. if it does existence is it just about those three things because you know from existential it seems like that's what we're trying to unpack here is like what is the value of existing what is the meaning of existing and what is really the purpose of existing? So that brings me to those three questions, you know, Rachel, mm -hmm. like, which is like, where the heck do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? <laughs> I mean, I think so many people are trying to explore origins, look at any Netflix, right? I mean, like there's so many, yeah. so many shows right now trying to figure out what's the real history. Are we, are we from the sky? Do we have alien brothers mm -hmm. and sisters here? Are they just visiting us once in a while? Did they create us? Are there gods? Is it really, do we, maybe the scriptures are true. Maybe it's, you know, Maybe they're both true and got lost somewhere in translation and just became like a hybrid of stories and narratives, which is also why we explore narratives on our show, <laughs> <laughs> because it's also part of being, I think this is, you know, I think the things that we're, we talk about on the show 
that we mentioned in the intro, right? Narratives, consciousness, um, design, innovation. These are like the pillars of a community, of course, and a community is just a collective of, of, of existing together, a collection of existence, I suppose. Um, and so we're just trying to break those down into different topics on the show, right? And between us and our guests, like how to talk about, you know, what does it mean to be human? within these pillars, you know, within innovation, like, why are we getting so powerful? Why are we becoming gods? You know, do we have a responsibility to direct that, you know, in a healthy way for the planet and people, or do we just manipulate people and enslave them? Like we have been doing for thousands of years. I mean, what paradigm <laughs> right. we want to follow? Can we right. even change paradigms? You know, I've got so many questions. Like I want to be a guest on the show and that's what this gathering's about. <laughs> so, someone start, someone so start asking me someone start asking questions like ask me well, questions about existence um beth go on sorry I, yeah i do i have an idea no i just this week i've been thinking about aliens you know as you do and as what as one does as, as one, one does on a I monday mean, night or something yeah you know? naturally <laughs> you know while doing the dishes or whatever and i feel like um you know, historically for people, it hasn't gone very well when one group that is more advanced visits a group that is less advanced, right? So if we had an alien race come and visit us, would they look at our consciousness and our existence and would they deem it valuable enough to to continue to allow it to go on? Would they, because the reason I'm asking this is because it does inform what our existence really is. How much meaning do we assign to it? You know, mm. do you have to be from earth so the next question be beneath that question then is um the filter right that the, the fermi paradox filter which is all mm -hmm. about you know if you're going to reach a certain type two civilization right where you're mm -hmm. space fearing and you understand the nature of multiple dimensions and stuff can um malevolent energy that's not conscious that is separate that is you know not connected and not evolved consciously can it make it to this type two stage without destroying itself you know and i think that it is it has happened for sure but then that would also say about the benevolent species that have also evolved and realized like they don't have to take over their neighbor because they have understood the nature and consciousness of the universe if they've reached a type two civilization they get it they're like we're all connected. I don't need to take over a planet. I don't need resources. I can build my own resources because that's the consciousness I'm informed from. I think, and this is part of narrative too, but like we constantly have this weighing, right, of good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. Light and dark, like, you know, benevolent, malevolent, right? And so, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if you really like, so like the, if you're in the like, you know, spiritual hoodoo community, right? Like you always hear that running definition of I'm an infinite spiritual being uh, experiencing a temporary human existence or living right. a temporary mm -hmm. human existence, right? Um, and it's like, it's been that way for, and then depending on what you kind of subscribe to, it's, oh, well, you need to do the shadow work to integrate or you you know you're like the why, chasing the why behind the light know? right yeah. like you're chasing the light as hard as you can to never look at the dark like depending on what you subscribe to again but you know is there since we're talking about existence is there really such a thing as good and bad yin and yang that makes me think of like the i ching which i love and i mm -hmm. recommend anyone who's listening out there to go understand your 64 hexagrams and do some <laughs> i ching magic mystic um tarot reading stuff but the I Ching is actually really fascinating because all of the parables all of the stories in the I Ching describe exactly what you're saying I mean it mm -hmm. is the oldest I think you know scripture or text basically and it's in, in a sense of our existence so I would say that in the I Ching might be what you're talking about like the existence is a snake chasing its tail or a snake eating its tail you know this an infinite idea that like are the torus we love this sacred geometry torus mm -hmm. shape which enfolds on itself like a donut and then recycles you know the energy um a circle rotated on an axis eat, thank you listeners there beth <laughs> looks is our like a donut beth is our local like resident donut. educator and, and library it is good <laughs> it looks like a donut and therefore stop. it is good <laughs> so back to the good and the bad because rachel you brought in you know good and bad and are kind of is there such a thing i maybe we take off the labels like mm -hmm. maybe we take off the good and the bad and it's just the two sides of life of existence because beth we talk about that a lot we talk about like mm -hmm. for instance like in the bible uh for yep. the religious folks out there um 
there's always an, an archetype of an enemy, you know, there's always the archetype of somebody mm -hmm. who like fell from heaven or whatever, but if they didn't fall from heaven, the story would have never gone on. There would never be a good guy. There would never be a mm -hmm. heaven to get to. Every scripture is always filled with this. I mean, the archetypes of Joseph Campbell, which is like, there has to mm -hmm. be a fall, but within that darkness, within that shadow is the light. Like it is right. actually good because for the yin and yang to exist, they have to constantly chase each other. Like right. two I think you have just, to, you know, have the energy of one to push the other all the time, you know, like the, a constantly flexing energy. Yeah. And then they're one, if you pull out, right? They're mm -hmm. one circle. They're part of the same circle, both light and dark chasing each other. Mm -hmm. And so how funny, Rachel, what you're saying too, it's like, yeah. in the context, if you pull out from like God's perspective, if you'd say like Beth, you know, or mm -hmm. the and universal perspective at the whole, mm -hmm. you know, then there is no bad and good. It's all just chaos and order. You know, a star gets destroyed, yeah. it creates elements and thermodynamics. Sucks all back together again and becomes in a star again. So it's like well, light and, becomes dark and dark becomes light. And it's like And weird. since we love Disney movies, I mean, like we have to just continue on this path, but inside out. Oh, inside out. Mm -hmm. But so I mean they're personified. But I mean, really, mm -hmm. when we and we've had this discussion with people before this light and dark conversation, the good and bad, the coexistence of all things, right? It's like you can't actually necessarily experience or appreciate rather happiness without having experienced sadness, right? So it's like, how do you prove a negative? From this Ooh, perspective, from mm -hmm. this perspective, right? So yeah. at, at this little dot that we're at in the dimension mm -hmm. of space and time, we can only measure things in a certain way, right? And so we're only measuring binary ones and zeros it really like rick and morty got it so right on point which i love it's like it's just a bunch of ones and zeros out there because it really is it's a bunch of electrons that are blinking in and out of existence they're either a zero or a one and none of us actually touch anything right we know that we've nothing is actually physical this is all like holographic actually it's all like existing and then not vibrational existing. it's yeah. it's mm -hmm. popping in and out and this is what a lot of people are talking about in quantum physics is like where the hell do those electrons go when they go into full potentiality, you know, full potentiality mm -hmm. when they become everything? What is that place? What is you that? Know? That's the right. dark matter conversation. And the and what the know. heck is dark energy? And when there was a big bang, why wasn't there an equal amount of matter and dark matter? Why didn't they just cancel each other out? Yeah. So when we disappear. I don't know, when, by the way. Nobody knows anything on the show, Beth. This, this should be our tagline under one sky. Nobody. We don't know anything because we're standing in a place of, of, you know, just query. Yeah. Right? Questioning, discovery, you know, exploration, exploration. Exactly. Is it physical? Is it, you know, is it here? Is it not here? Does it exist yeah. or does it not exist to be or not to be? But is that the lesson? Like, <clears throat> is that the, so back to Beth's definition, is that, is that the journey? Because so you guys know I was raised Buddhist and a lot of that, mm. like, so the Heart Sutra, like one of the, like, I mean, I would call it a core scripture, but like, so one of the things is everything is nothing and nothing is everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and then it's like learning detachment because everything is nothing and nothing is everything, mm -hmm. right? So releasing attachment to the material, and I feel like that's a common thread amongst, yeah. you know, most theologies i think let's bring all the listeners into our inner thought process shall we so behind the scenes <laughs> if they dare i mean go if with they us they dare okay. we're nuts but we sing a lot um so we <laughs> we talked t-shirt <laughs> t-shirts uh, we sing we a sing lot we're nuts but we sing a lot our conversation the other night where you were saying that um you know the the folks that you work with are at cop uh, in Egypt, and they were saying that we can't fix poverty, right? And Beth, right. Beth had you know thoughts uh, that were contrary to that. That there is a way we just haven't thought of it yet, right? And mm -hmm. I and I agree. Like, and Beth's Beth, we're we're planning your presidential campaign, but <laughs> Beth for president. I've been saying that for years. I mean, talk about an unknown dark horse candidate. Wow, <laughs> I would be the one. <laughs> Which is exactly anything what. can happen. I get two um, votes, maybe three, or if my hey. mom votes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that's something that we should do, like that. You know, think of it. You know, we just talked about releasing materialism, fixing a lot of issues, right? But 
we, you know, the core of this, where this all started was our desire to leave the world a better place. So that legacy that you talked about, but, you know, wanting to solve this problem of poverty. And so to hear that scientifically or mathematically, right, that it's not necessarily possible in the timeline that we were looking at. But then at the same time, how long have we really been, I'm coming back to you, Rachel, how long have we really been a global community? Well, we've been building our United States society and, you know, Europe has been building various countries, building their society and South America and whoever, pick your thing. We haven't been global that long. So we haven't thought about it. It's just been like, well, you know, people in that country just don't have what we have here and that's too bad. Nor do we have the data. The data. That's right. We never, right. We couldn't have measured it. Yeah. So, well, and I'll bring the light dark conversation back too is, you know, I would say the most recent global, I guess, reckoning, if you will, is the pandemic, right? And so now all of a sudden it's everybody's problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it always seems to be that until everyone has a problem, it's, it's a separate problem, right? Like to your point, it's their problem, it's their mm-hmm. poverty, it's blah, mm-hmm. blah's issue, right? But now it's, well, wait, wait, wait. So this country is like further ahead on a solution. Let's get in on that, you know, or you feel it like Ukraine goes to war and you, yeah. you, know, you show up at the supermarket and bread is like six zeros. Yeah. True story. Or the bread's not there because like there right. is, mm-hmm. the grain shipment is so, uh, you know, mm-hmm. disrupted right now that, that you just beat the bread can't get there. And there's so many bread shops that are closing that used to have, you know, like sell bread. So, I mean, that you, mm-hmm. you feel it actually now when something happens mm-hmm. far yeah. away. It's weird. It disrupts your whole like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Because we've been allowed, especially here, you know, and our audience generally is going to be people who have access to the internet and, you know, Wi-Fi and apps and so forth, right? But we've been granted the ignorance of accessibility for so long. Mm -hmm. And now that it's finally being touched, that timeline's being poked, right? The supply chain's being disrupted. Now that it's our problem, somebody else's problem is our problem. We have to decide as individuals, all right, am I going to take care of myself or am I going to take care of my community? And mm-hmm. is it possible to do both? So like, I mean, you could say Sky with your your problem with bread in Europe not being as available because there's not as much Ukrainian wheat and whatever. I mean, do you just go out and buy up all the bread that you can for yourself and stick it in your freezer? Do you somehow try to help the person you know, in the shop who... Uh, it doesn't have as much supply so that they can continue to keep their shop open. I guess I'm coming back to the dis- to the discussion. You teach about, a man. Like, a, you teach Amanda fish. <laughs> you give him the wheat seed no, jug. You give him the. I wheat know. I'm just come. That's it. I'm coming back to like how do we? There's the the thing that we want to do what we want so we can be happy, which might be a 20 minute shower, or are we going to improve the world around us, which is a billion more people can have water. Whereas now that's all polluted and kids are dying because of, you know, disease and whatever. Your local neighbor down the street who can also teach you how to grow wheat just in case like they, mm-hmm. you know, pair, pass away or their crops die or. And there's some land for you to grow that you know, wheat. And there's, you know, it's, it's the water dependence to- on centrality, right? On mm-hmm. the system. And that's really where we're in trouble. It's like because we are interconnected now globally, like Rachel was saying, you know, now we're feeling it and it's this time and what a time to be in. But. It's also a very dangerous time to be in because we are so dependent. You know, we're not truly interdependent because a lot of us aren't pulling our weight. A lot of us are just mm-hmm. siphoning off the top. Like, didn't we come to this place, you know, where we had specialization because it was more efficient to have a central grower than to have everybody have a garden out back with just a little tiny bit of corn and, like, you know. So we decided that we would be able to specialize. We'd have, you know, this one would farm and then this person could go off and like teach and that person could make wheels and whatever they did a long time ago. The problem is that that system has so many potentials for weakness, like all along the way. And so, yeah, we're all feeling it. Rachel, you mentioned that the pandemic kind of created this problem that now everybody has. So even, you know, people like me and I have a couple grocery stores within 10 minutes or whatever there was no toilet paper to be found i couldn't get a stock of celery for like months i don't know why celery that sticks in my head so (laughs) what a random you know product that would go off the shelf too and also toilet paper come on humanity 
Well, but the fact on, that, I mean, but the, <laughs> like, so you know, you have those moments in life where you kind of like lose faith in humanity a little bit. Yeah. And then you get the, you know, the opposite ones where they kind of restore your faith. But like, you know, when you, for me, walking in a grocery store and like seeing that people have to print signs at the store level that say like maximum number per customer for toilet paper, cleaning supplies, hand sanitizer, whatever it was at the time. Right. Like, but the fact that the scarcity mindset and like selfishness was so rampant that they had to do that is that I think is a scarier pandemic than the pandemic Mm -hmm. that we are living through. Right. Which goes back to like, am I going to take care of myself? And that's my point. That's my existence purpose. Or am I going to take care of my community or both? So independence, dependence, or interdependence, which I think is the highest level. Also is really, you know, goes into the emergent economics category, which is what is this idea of like, you have to have infinite growth. I mean, the whole idea of of becoming specialized and having a central, you know, this has all been mathematically proved and they understand like, if we do this system, we can maximize profits. We can maximize um, product, you know, products going out there. And so there actually is a huge movement going on right now, which I just discovered in the last couple of days because it was on CNN. Um, the whole degrowth movement of is really emerging in the economic world. I mean, there are mm-hmm. high level um, economic masters who have even crafted and participated in this system that we're all living in, who are you know talking about you know, what are the limits to growth and what, how do we define growth? And that would be like an elevating narrative discussion, right? Like, you know, once again, like what is the narrative of growth? Does that mean that we're growing human beings and that we're, we're growing, you know, stewards of our, our environment or are we growing just products and toilet paper and toilet paper would be the very least I can, I can wash in a river. I mean, if I gotta go wash, there's ways to get around toilet paper. That's right. And, and you would go in the store you go in the store and there was still so much of other stuff, right? So, okay, there wasn't celery, but I mean, like there was onions and I can, you know, make the soup with the onions. It's okay. So there was still so much there. And I think this kind of is another discussion about like you think, Sky, you said, are we growing human beings or are we making stuff? And if you sit back and consider the parts of your life that bring you the most joy, ask anybody, ask anybody who's older and, you know, going to pass away soon they're not going to talk about okay i got that sweet sweet thing whatever it was they're going to talk about the people they're going to talk about their loved ones or you know great spiritual leaders or whatever their their thing is it's always whoa, whoa. people. you're not tell you're telling me they're not going to say it's the three ply in their bathroom no <laughs> to- i can guarantee you. i swear it's to god <laughs> toilet paper i'm gonna literally say that on my deathbed now just to throw you all for a loop when someone was like sky you live such a nice life and how was it and i'd be like i am so gosh darn happy i had two ply toilet paper two ply aloe vera super thick that was so valuable to me you know and that just goes to to the distortion of the system as well like we are in a system that is producing this um, consciousness, right? Like it is mm-hmm. like we talk about technology and screens and disruptive innovation, which is another one of our topics on the show to talk about existence because existence seems to be, I don't know, amplifying or connecting the dots or, you know, if existence is all in little interconnected pieces, then they're all waking up to the wholeness of their existence or the bigger picture, or the bigger dimension of their existence, which so a lot of us are getting that picture now. And what is the most... You know, what is the purpose of that and what is the value of that? And I think it's funny that, you know, we're starting to realize that uh, human beings have been conditioned to think that it's two-ply toilet paper or they just, the priorities are so out of whack, you know? It's like, how is TikTok more important than like (laughs) working on yourself? I mean, you know, what what are we Or caring for the older person down the road, you know, who clearly could use some help. I mean, just just an idea. I don't know. Or exploring a hobby. Just you know, throwing many, it out there. Just throwing it <laughs> out there. I mean, you know, like, I'm sorry, but like all of those experiences, hobbies, helping people, you know, doing something fulfilling for yourself. I don't know about you guys, but isn't that more producing of joy than going to the store and getting the thing? I mean, even if it's a thing you really want, it's still not as great as those other things. Maybe existence is emotions. My question is, uh, you know, how do we get so deeply entrenched into this where people literally are like if it's not making money it 
it has no purpose. I mean, the kids particularly, like the younger generation too, their obsession with fame and fortune as it's such a high level, it's at the, at the, you know, at the apex of capitalism. This is what the generation that we have become. It's like fast now, fast fame, fast fortune. And it doesn't matter. Uh, why would I develop a new language if I'm not getting paid for it? I mean, this is the narrative that's, that's actually kind of say. emerging on the planet alongside, of course, the people that we talk to, because there's that, you know, consciousness is also emerging, the wholeness and interconnectedness and the what has real value that's beyond a price tag. So, I mean, that's the scary thing is that, you know, you just see the fruits of the labor. You see the system is producing profit-oriented consciousness. You know, we talk about elevating narratives, but we, you know, especially with social media and everything else, like we kind of just touched on of this it depending on you know if you if you hang out with the spiritual folk as we'll call them where they talk about the this narrative that's being shoved down throats like but subconsciously of the greater population for the sake of suppressing their vibration to keep them spinning in things that are unimportant so that they can retain control. Watch me disappear tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the conversation. I think it's like, you know, where that is, I mean, really just our narrative is being driven upon us, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Um, and I, I was giggling to myself while you guys were talking because of what we were singing before the show started and like, and how we were changing the part of your world lyrics. And I was like, no, you know, I really do think we need to produce this song now because I would also, I, I genuinely think that we would have several people who would also like to exit the premises. <laughs> like to not be, to not be part not of this be world. Part. Yeah, like, I would like to the unplug from your matrix. Yes. It is a great setup for, um, I'm going to play a stinger. I believe that we must learn again to live in communities, to live with others to share with others what we have to ask for more help to ask for support and really create together co-creation collaboration those are the words that i would use and i would think are the bottom line of any kind of transformation we as humans would like to go through community somehow is a search for wholeness the tools of eco village is not about a written rules written tools. It's all about the connection between humans, between living things. So living together is an incredible tool to learn about yourself and to transform yourself. And I think that this is really the strength of community. Transformation that will lead us to more sustainable life with more healthy relationships uh, between us and with nature. Being sustainable through ecology through a social, healthy living and communication and collaboration, a different type of economy and exchange, and in respect of the world and of the planet. Namaste is the nature of existence. <laughs> That's right, Pod Priestess. You, you tell us. <laughs> Think about the history of we left the um, hunter-gatherers, right? Mm -hmm. Like we had that whole system that worked for us as human beings and then suddenly became into the agrarian age. And it was like, oh, now we're growing our own farms. And that provided it civilization as we know it i mean but there was some there seems to be this history of our consciousness and that's why you also explore consciousness is you know it evolves to change it does seem to upgrade it it's it seems to be okay to, to be adaptable to try new things and different systems because it's happened throughout the history of man it has. you're right hey rachel what do you think i would i would say for the, I guess what makes it really appealing to me is the idea, and it, it echoes a lot of what you said, but like it's removing yourself or myself in this case um, from constant survivor mode, right? Where it's like, oh, yes, yeah. there's a community of people that are like-minded, but also every single person, at least in my mind, um, wants I guess the permission to be vulnerable and open and authentic at all times. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting really to like keep up, you know, your professional hat, your religious hat, your mom hat, your community hat, your whatever, you know, right. um, 
it's like constantly putting these different faces on as opposed to just being whoever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you could argue, well, you don't have to do that. You can just show up as yourself. But it's, you know, again, we're all existing within different systems, be that, you know, career yep. ladder hierarchies and, and so forth. And what if I show uh, up and I want to murder you? You know, we have, right. to have maybe rules and laws <laughs> in place of that because yeah. your life is precious and, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't want that. So then who's going to protect you and who's, you know. Right. It's that's that's the difficulty of like just letting anyone show up as they want to, because then we have a lot of different variations well, of what that and is. That's <laughs> why we were like, this is a buy invite only type of situation. You know, it's totally like, <laughs> no let's be honest, <laughs> it's totally selfish. Let's be honest. OK, but <laughs> but like one of the things that came up in the stinger that you played, um, they talked about being in a community where they could ask for help, like if I were in. The kind of community we're talking about where you can honestly be vulnerable you can say okay i'm kind of losing it right and rachel would go i totally get that i'm often losing it as well why don't i take the kids for a while and then when i'm losing it we'll trade you know and so and now look at the top tier of society look at the top tier they're the ones who always tell us hard work will get you somewhere which indeed right. it does i'm not saying it, it doesn't sure sure in in a, in a system that's fully balanced and not, mm-hmm. you know, tilting to like people who go to the right circles, get the right things and, you know, are connected in the right ways. And think about like, they have nannies, they've got staff. Most of the people at the top that I know do not know how to like clean their own house, organize their own files. I mean, everything is, is like outsourced. Right. And these are the people trying to tell us how we should live our lives, right? They're the pinnacle of existence, if you will. They've reached the top. And they're the ones who are like, you need to parent your child. And it's like, yeah, but you have four nannies. It must be so easy when your child's crying to like just hand your, you know, you're a king and you can just, you know, hand off your baby to like some, the most educated, like Copernicus is going to teach my child now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like in, that, that that we don't have access to that kind of existence you know right. that's that happening but yet you were expected from that high level of the system that they have been placed upon us to parent this child yourself entirely with the resources that they are so humbly been given you like public school system and like you know taxpayer you know we're all paying for that so and if you say something like it takes a village they get all worked up oh, they, they get, get all worked so up mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's your responsibility. nuclear family and <laughs> you right you can't why are you giving up your responsibilities why aren't you grateful to be a mother and so when i had my first son I remember and, you know, kind of as we were talking about this, too, is uh, first two weeks I didn't shower because I was so concerned, like I had to do everything. And then I was still trying to wash dishes and do this and do that. I mentally look back at it and know wholeheartedly that I placed my own needs at the very bottom of the list. Like I'm worth less than a clean or a dirty dish. You know what I mean? Like it like as far as time. And so forth. And it finally, it talk about takes a village, a really good friend of mine and actually my son's godmother. She like physically pried him from my hands and was like, give me the baby and go take a shower. Like, <laughs> And I remember sitting in the shower and crying for 20 minutes, yeah. just like relief yeah. and everything else. And it was, you know, one of those like formative moments, I think, where mm-hmm. you just like you realize like I need help and it makes you really uncomfortable, especially if you're brought up in a system. And I definitely was where it was like, you have to be perfect all the time. Like we, we joke about it, but it was like, I'm not worthy of love or affection or anything unless I'm perfect, unless I'm getting straight A's, unless I'm getting awards, Mm -hmm. unless I'm whatever, like as I was, I wasn't enough. Um, and so, and I, I always come back to that moment, you know, it was just like, and then gratitude, like that somebody, I had somebody like that, that would do that for me and just, just all of those things. But, you know, I, I just think that, you know, you can look back and see all that pressure, but when you're living it, you don't, it's so subconscious. You don't realize it. Think about the different perspectives (laughs) of just a one uh, one state of existence, the different perspective. Think about it. Like I matter could be, I'm not going to do crap. I'm going to sit under a tree, become Buddha and, yeah. and enlighten the world. It could also be, I am a CEO of this company or an integral part of this team that if I left, 
I, that's how much resp- I have to get up tomorrow morning and show up for this job. Cause if I don't, the world's going to end or I'm not going to have food on my yeah. table or my existence will be threatened in some way. So there's like, you know, much more yeah. immediate sense. In or 20,000 employees will suddenly be out of work because I took a day off, Very you know, true. like, and, right. it, and which is once you say it out loud, you're like, that's well, crazy. that's asinine. That's crazy. <laughs> Who sets up a system like that? And like, Who that's not a system like that. Oh, but totally as you're living it and as you're doing it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, complete. Yes. And yes. And even more than that, (laughs) the system that we're in assigns so much value to that so -hmm. that you feel like if I am that dependable, you know, there every day, then I can value myself. And if I'm the Mm -hmm. person who has to take a me day, you know, personal day every month or every two weeks, then everyone in this company is going to think I'm just a slacker, you know, Mm -hmm. or everyone in my family will think I'm a slacker or whatever, because Mm -hmm. we spend a lot of our time defining our existence and who we are, and especially what our value is by what we do. And how good, and how good we exist, Beth, you know, the religions, the, and I'm not bashing any system, but it's like my existence depends on a Pavlovian response of if I do this, then I'll go to heaven. And if I don't do this, then I'll be punished, you know? And I'm not saying that, and and that's everything. That's not even religion. That is society. That is like showing up for a job. That is even my friendships. Sometimes in my friendships, I'm like, you know, of course it's so much easier to love my existence when I comply to your good, you know, if I smile at you, if I say things you want me to say, Mm. if I'm charming. how our friendship is for sure. That's basically (laughs) the only reason why any of us are here. Let's be honest. It's totally superficial. (laughs) But oh, geez. you know, you didn't comb your hair today. I'm hanging up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the weird thing about existence too, is that it's a little bit like it's it's messy when you talk about that from that perspective of of I don't want a reward or a punishment. Like I don't I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to be a good boy if I'm just being a good boy so I can have somebody on the other end of the phone be like, Sky, you're such a good friend. I'd like to really fuck things up. Sorry, folks. Um, I'd like to fuck it up royally, actually, and see if someone could still on the other line, end of the line tell me, and I know you two both, you know, that's how we we operate that way. Yeah. And that's the unconditional yeah. love that's that true. we dis- discuss a lot, too, is that that is sort of, that is the existence as it is, I think, as the design of the cosmos seems to be rooted in gravity if you will or love or whatever it doesn't matter if you're a comet or if you're out of control or if you're in chaos the universe doesn't seem to really reward or punish it seems to just operate um like you come into existence and that's super valuable you remember the episode with caroline like and where we talked about like technically speaking like scientifically each person that is born is a walking miracle. So in and of the their existence is enough. And we all, I mean, I think science, you know, you're talking about what the statistical likelihood is that we could even exist. You know, we do, we all do have a divine nature just by existing, just by being. I think it was Carl Sagan who kind of said something, something similar. You know, he said, um, if you have somebody with whom you disagree, let them live. I mean, because in a hundred thousand universes, you might not fi- ever find another. Because right now we have no proof that there's life anywhere else. We're it. And we get so worked up about, you know, these really small things, even internally with ourselves. We get, like you're talking about crying in the shower. I mean, our mother's stories are so alike. I can relate to that because been there. But why do we torture ourselves like that? Like maybe instead we can step back and and take a minute, which you can't in the middle of it. You can't, but step mm-hmm. back and think, you know, I, I am a miracle. I just created a person. That person's a miracle. Like it's enough to just sit with that. I don't have to clean the house and like make a craft and do the baby handprints and bake a loaf of bread. Like it's okay. Just stop and exist. Right. So I don't feel like I'm going down, you know, a checklist or anything, but it's like, why? I'm just asking kind of just a general question. I ask this of myself. Why do I naturally go to the negative yeah. instead of stop and go to the gratitude or go to the appreciation? Doesn't mean I would never have another problem, but I might approach it in a healthier way. I feel yeah. like maybe as time goes on, that becomes easier to do, like as I get older, maybe. But um, I present a possible solution. Sure, I love solutions. <laughs> this I think show is all reason, about solutions. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> the reason that you would default is 
back to something that you said earlier where you said you weren't so much opposed to change as long as you were in control. Mm-hmm. And so it really boils down to control because you're the only thing within your control mm-hmm. rather than accepting that it was outside of you and it was caused by something outside of you. You would rather look at yourself as the source because then you would have the ability to change it. It seems to be that it, that, that that we have come to really bridge existence as, um, you know, as something that is and something that's also becoming in our being you know something that's resonating but is also at a fixed point it seems to be that we're it we are sort of like the bridge between the duality of the whole and the part we did come here to express ourselves as a singular cell as a singular container and you know that has its own limitations and we can't obviously see beyond our five senses without instruments and technology but it does seem to be that we're we're dancing between that constantly between what we really are functioning as as a design in existence and to what we want to become <laughs> and exist as <laughs> you know it's like that yeah that yin and yang it's like i want to be this in the future but i'm this right now and this is where i came from and it's all part of the same thing like we're super blessed right guys that we can even discuss this Absolutely. kind of think about we're average joes we're not even presidents or popes and we have access to you know gnosis really we have access to not only one sacred scripture and variations of that scripture but several scriptures that we can compare around the world we have all of that because of the systems and all of the different philosophies and teachings that we're discussing today like because of the systems you know rachel has an understanding of of buddhism and because of the systems you know we know what intentional communities can be and what they can't be and those systems were created by humans like you and i yeah they were regular people, people who started kings and monarchies and feudalism and, you know, the economy. Yeah. I have a quote that I would share, like, to conclude my my definition of existence. Okay, you ready? Ooh. It's from the book of Sagan, chapter one, verse one, which is that we are all connected to each other biologically, to the earth chemically, and to the rest of the universe atomically. And I would even add, although that's pretty gutsy. That we're all connected to each other spiritually. So like all of these different levels just point back to interconnectedness. And the farther that we get away from that, the more difficult it is to really have, you know, like a joyous existence. The more we connect to the whole and operate at the separate or bring the wholeness into the separateness and our full capacity of what it means to be human, you know, tapped in, tuned in, turned on to our full power. I think that's what existence is. Existence is growing into that full power, growing into that full family of, I know the totality of existence and I also know the part and I operate as both. So we've, we've discussed a lot about existence and it seems to be like in the banal or most ordinary way, existence is about energy, right? Inputs of energy, outputs of energy, energy we have to consume, whether it be from oil or sun, There is, you know, water, there's all, there's like a whole mixture of systems that go into existing. Um, We've, we've, out of that system, we've created like an economics and currency exchange. And, um, you know, our consciousness seems to be part of that too. Like, are we living in a simulation? Are we really existing? Do we exist separately or do we exist collectively? So much of our existence is in our head, right? And it's our Mm -hmm. own personal walk. But we wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live very long if I didn't have people helping me with things like, you know, purifying that water and delivering that food to the grocery. You know what I mean? Like all those yeah. things. So and we were talking both. about that's so the nature of existence as well is, is about perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, is it uh, existence can be very separate or interconnected, depends on your version of where you're at in this story and there have been many versions of that so the narratives can change about what we think existence is and will continue to change i'm sure in the future except when you put an innovation in technology because you start to see that like you know ai and machine learning and Mm -hmm. virtual reality simulations we're starting to see that perhaps you know we're really starting to grasp the totality of like existence at its most massive collection right like we're talking about a mind that can crunch all of our data or monitor all of our points of interaction or health or things, you know, existence obviously takes on many variations, like a good 
song uh, or a classical masterpiece. And in that design of existence seems to be some of the keys that we're looking at with sustainability and how to like manage those inputs and outputs because nature does it pretty well. The cosmos seems to, Mm -hmm. you know, make order out of chaos pretty nicely. So maybe we should follow her. So those are our topics, folks. We discuss energy renaissance, you know, emergent economics, evolving consciousness, elevating narratives, disruptive innovation and sustainable design together. And this episode has been all about existence. I was just going to say that I think it's important for everyone to remember that they're simultaneously a part and a whole. And that, you know, the like Beth said earlier, the journey and the legacy are equally important. And the experience of the whole thing really ultimately is what we're all doing, I think. We're moving onwards and upwards, guys, together, and we'll see you in the next episode as we continue to explore ways to build sustainable, self-reliant, and sovereign communities, putting happy people and healthy planet at the center of our conversation. Beth, Rachel, thank you so much for going down the rabbit hole today about existence and helping us kind of just recap what this podcast is about. Um, Before we wrap up, tell me a little bit about what you guys want to accomplish in 2023 with this podcast why are you involved like what really thrills you about being and and speaking and talking about these things so i think in 2023 it's more of what we're doing um more vulnerability more stories more empowerment of our listeners um you know i i always say it during my intro but really hoping that our listeners find something from listening to us uh within themselves Um, and that it propels them forward into action. I want to continue to expand our community. I mean, the, there's a lot, I find a lot of personal joy and, and fulfillment in talking with both of you and with our guests about things that are such a central part of our existence that just don't get discussed. You know, it's almost too deep to be an everyday topic. And, um, I want more people to feel that same way and to have more interaction with our community. So thank you so much for diving into these topics with us. We're so grateful to bring these pillars that we have decided to talk about into the conversation of community and just to give you a platform to listen to about positive things that are deep and also meaningful 